The San Jose Sharks go to Southern California to take on their longtime rivals, and it goes into a shootout and a loss. We'll break down this one where the Sharks pick up a point. We'll see what the heck is going on with the CUDA, and a lot more right now. This is Teal Town After Dark. Good evening, everyone. It is Saturday night, December 17th, 2022. The Sharks lose in a shootout 3-2 to to the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, a rough one, as always, against a Southern California rival. But we'll break it down for you right now on Teal Town After Dark. This is your live interactive Sharks post game. So if you want to be part of the show... Join the conversation and chat with us and fellow Sharks fans on the YouTube page or the app all over Sharks territory and around the world. Good evening to you. You can also follow us on the social, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud, Reddit, Discord, and of course, TikTok. And of course, you can find everything at tealtownusa.com. And if you want to support the, the content that we provide, you can hit us up on Venmo at tealtownusa or do a YouTube super chat donation. We appreciate each and every one of you all 2,893 subscribers, we appreciate you so much. You know who else I appreciate? The guy who spells his name the right way, Eric Landy. <laughs> hey, Buckeye, how you doing? Doing all right. It's you know, it's L.A., so of course you wanna you wanna beat them like crazy. But you know, man, um, you know you got a point out of it. Reimer played. I thought played really well up until the last two shooters of the shootout. Um, and, and basically, you know, not to jump right into into Reimer's night, but honestly played a hell of a game and kept this team in it. Look, I mean, when, when you posted a 951 save percentage, um, you're doing everything that you can in my book. And, you know, you're holding the team to, to three, three goals on the night. Uh, again, you know, it's a... It's a good mark for the goaltender to have, for sure. He's definitely bounced back uh, since his last game against uh, Los Angeles, where you know he had gone back on the uh, the IR after the game um, and didn't look very good in that game. So it was good to see him play well against uh, LA tonight. Yeah, a spectacular game uh, coming off of a win against the Desert Dogs on Tuesday night. Uh, Sharks come into L.A. for a brief one-gamer. They're back at it, uh, you know, Sunday night against the Calgary Flames. And, uh, and uh, you know, started off roughly, let's say, you know, the first five minutes you didn't allow a goal. That's the good part. Um, the bad part is is that Schimmick takes a tripping call, and and then before the six-minute mark, Kings get on the board on a on a rush from Philip Deneau to make it one nothing. Yeah, power play. Uh, the penalty kill had been leaking some oil. It came in tied for second in this game. So you we had some we had some question marks around the PK, and again allowing really easy zone entries right now. I'm I'm seeing that as a reoccurring theme in this this little bit of oil slick that they've hit on the PK is the easy zone entries. Uh, the, the, the goal came off the rush. 
Yeah. And, and so that tells you, you know, they were coming into the zone full stride. No, nobody picking up or, or tagging Philip Deneau uh, on the blue line. And again, you just cannot give up your blue line that easily and expect, you know, not to be scored on, especially shorthanded. Yeah. And, and like you said, on the rush, it, how do you let the guy get that much room? Yeah, you're shorthanded, but still, you would have thought somehow Dino would get out, would deal with somebody to make him maneuver around somebody to get in there, but he just walked right in. Yeah, walked right in and a really pretty backhand. Yeah. I mean, that that was uh, really slick mitts by Dino there and a sneaky good pickup for L.A. I, I like that in the offseason for L.A., um, you know, I'd always had uh, a keen eye on him in Montreal, a, a player that the Sharks, quite frankly, could have used or, or picked up in this offseason. Um, you know, he's a he's kind of one of those feisty players, um, but he's got some skill, you know, so not only does he have that rat in him, but he's also um, got some slick mitts and he's that's his eighth goal on the season uh, again just kind of goes to the juxtaposition of the depth and the talent on the forward line for the LA Kings um, and, and really kind of outshining and outlasting the Sharks. Yep. So that made it one, nothing a little later on in the period after Kapari takes a tripping call on, on Eric Carlson. Uh, Meyer just left alone on the side of the net waits for loose puck to him. He bangs it home for his 15th of the year to make it one, one to, to consider that at the near the end of October, Timo had no goals. Uh, we're obviously calling him out on 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 after dark, and now he's picked up fifteen. This one a power play marker. Uh, you know, nice to see, nice to get it tied up. Um, and, and I thought this power play. I know they think they went one for three. Was it one for three? Yeah, one for three on the night. Um, that was probably their best looking power play. A lot of sustained uh, pressure. It was a second opportunity type goal, you know, a garbage goal, uh, as, as you like to say. Um, you know, the puck going between the goaltender, you know, in the five hole, it kind of bouncing off of his pad a little bit and it kind of takes a good bounce towards Timo. Timo's able to uh, get the puck. Uh, square to the net you know he had an empty five by six so you know I would hope he would score on that um, but I think Couture and Carlson um, really initiating that play Carlson coming you know coming up from the blue line Logan getting it on um, on that left hash you know making that shot and then having somebody follow up it's good fundamentals um, you know using your using the extra man advantage to your advantage and and not um, wasting a power play opportunity there, especially to respond uh, to the to the Dano um, power play. Uh, again, good to see Timo getting the getting the points. Um, Going to be very interesting come come trade deadline. What exactly <laughs> the formula is going to be for Timo, uh, especially with the type of season that he's having right now. You know, really picking up from last season and and his almost point per game pace last year, um, and and. So, uh, again, question marks surrounding whether or not uh, Timo is here for the long haul or, or if this is a, um, an asset that you really need to maximize come trade deadline. Well, and it, it basically comes down to where Mike Greer believes this team is 
you know, whether it's, are, are they a couple years away or are they many, many years away? Because I but, think Timo's know, young enough to be one of the leaders on this team to be one of those assets to to be a part of this. I mean, to have And we're both I mean, like we're both optimistic guys, right? I think I think we both we both try to tend to look at it, yeah. you know, even if you're down and out, you know, you try to look at the the bright aspects and you know, you don't need to look very far down the coastline to LA to show how you integrate veterans, you know, high-end veterans with a younger mix. I mean, the the blueprint or the recipe you know, to succeed with a, a young core kind of pushing up against, you know, some older veterans. I mean, if the team can put together three or four really good rookie prospects, graduate three or four really good rookie prospects, you, you might be able to, to recreate a similar mix as what L.A. has. But I am concerned with the development progress with our high-end prospects and and considering where they're at uh, you know across the the entire AHL landscape I, I would say that they're kind of middle of the pack you know our upper echelon prospects are middle of the pack prospects in the AHL at, at this moment in time you know it's not Bordolo yes is playing well but I don't believe he's among the league leaders in the AHL for scoring, right? He's or, he's one of the leading rookie scorers in the AHL right now. Leading okay, leading rookie. Uh, so that tells you maybe he's at least another development season away from from coming up. So I'm concerned about the lack of blue chippers, uh, you know that the that the Sharks have um, in order to kind of replicate the the success that LA has, but. You know, if you if you want to look at it half full, again, the blueprint is there for the team to try to, you know, do this convert on the fly um, and, and to try to be competitive on the fly. And um, it's not unheard of, but I have to see more from our prospects in order to have, you know, hope that we can mimic what L.A. is doing. Yeah, I mean, L.A., I think, is probably one of the big ones uh, to look after uh, in th- as to what they've done. And and stick taps the former Sharks captain, Rob Blake, for, for a heck of a job that what he's doing. I mean, this team is in second place uh, in the in the Pacific. Um, you know, and, and, I, and I like how they have Marco Sturm in Ontario. You, you give him some development to become a head coach. Who knows... <laughs> If he's going to be a prospect down the road for somebody that wants to make a change, uh, but overall, yeah, that's that's the big that's the big deal, and and how um, how this team will look. And, and let's be honest, as as we talked about the other night, um, the how much the cap will go up, you know. That that's that's a big thing also with Timo, so that remains to be seen. So that's one one after one. Uh, second period, I thought the Sharks kind of got even keeled with with LA. Uh, I think there was like seventeen thirteen of the shots, but uh, you know, before yeah. the, before the back to back goals, uh, Sveshnikov, you, you 
gotta be smarter. And it's like, yeah, I know you don't like that long call there. I don't. I know you don't like getting that. But that roughing call, if somebody scores on that power play for LA, I'm livid. If I'm David Quinn. Yeah, and and we had you know we had maligned a little bit the PK earlier in the first, but the PK would come to you know save the bacon in in second and third period. Um, so. I don't know if maybe they took some adjustments into the, uh, you know, into the locker room and, and said, you know, hey, the, the, the Kings are gaining the line way too easy and, and you need to start posting up and start, you know, checking guys as they enter into the offensive zone. And we saw that. Um, uh, I, I guess we saw that on display in that second period where the, the penalty kill looked like it had tightened up just that little extra bit and, and really did start to contest the, the offensive zone. So good on the PKers. Um, I think again, missing Mario Ferraro for, uh, you know, as long as we have and, and Matt Nieto, yep. I think you, you're going to take a natural regression on the PK, but you know, they, um, definitely bent. Um, and, and you could say that they, uh, Bent a little too far in the first period, but in that second period, I think they, they stiffened up their backs collectively as a unit. Um, and, and really the, the PK would, um, you know, factor in in the third as well. Right. And you, you see that with the discipline because this team has been known to be undisciplined, especially in the final 40 plus. Uh, so just have that just be the lone call you know, in the middle frame, it's nice. What's also nice is seeing LeBanc shoot the puck. Man, with that, was that a sweet one-timer to give the Sharks a brief 2-1 lead uh, <laughs> for, and, like, and, what, a minute, I think? Well, and, and I just, before we even go on to the next goal, I think this one we have to highlight the the impressive, impressive zone entry by Eric Carlson and getting the puck up to Meyer, right? I think, you know, we we had kind of all collectively seen or, and collectively thought that maybe, you know, Eric Carson was getting an assist on that one too. Yeah. Uh, and uh, kind of interesting that they didn't give him one there. Um, but again, uh, Kevin getting into the slot, uh, opening up his hips and, and being able to accept the puck and uh, on the one timer, um, good for Kevin and good to see him shooting in, in the spots that he needs to be shooting in to be successful. Yeah, uh, and finding that open spot to shoot it and get a sweet rocket of a shot. And and personally, not to tease for further, but um, we'll talk about LeBanc in the shootout, and, and that was that fun. Uh, so Meyer with the lone assist on that one, that made it 2-1. For Meyer, that's five points in his last four games. He... He had a goal and assist on this one. He was shut out against the Desert Dogs, but then, you know, picked up another goal and assist beforehand and then a goal before that. So nice run for Timo there. Unfortunately, the lead for the Sharks, I believe, lasted a total of 50 seconds as Anderson Dolan gets his third to to tie it up at 2-2. Two, two, and, and I thought there was a lot of puck watching on this goal. Yeah, yeah, I, I think... You're absolutely right. A lot of puck watching. Um, I don't think that the forwards really tracked well back on the back check um, and kind of left their defensemen, um, you know, hanging out to dry. I think it was on a three on two on a uh, the rush coming the other way. Right. So, um, you know, another rush play where you've got your defenseman kind of hung out to dry. 
Um, and, and again, the forwards have to do a better job tracking back into their, into their defensive zone, um, and just not seeing the hustle there. So, um, it's, it's very deflating to have go and and take the momentum or what you think, you know, is going to be a a momentum moving type goal with LeBanc, um, to have that snatched away, um, within a minute, very deflating. Um, and, and you could see the team start to sag after that and, and L.A. start to smell blood in the water, um, you know, to take a pun from from our own book, you know. And um, at that point, um, to me, it looked like San Jose was starting to kind of feel like the sag that we see when they get down. Um, and, and, and we can see that this team, when it uh, lacks confidence, um, and, and when it gets uh, the momentum part of the game is taken from them, um, they really do react poorly to that. And, and they really do allow more shots on net. I think it bears out in that third period. Yeah. In a third period, uh, I think the. I, I hate to say that the coaches uh, kind of get in the way, but I mean, the, they kind of just calm down just a bit, you know. The shots, I think, were like tied 5-5. There was some good back and forth. Each team had a power play, but just could not get anything done with it. Uh, You know, and and then Reimer had some nice saves to to keep it from getting worse, and uh, he gobbled up on rebounds. Even saw Benino blocking a shot where might have gone in because I think Reimer was out of position. Uh, So you know. That made it two two. Well, let's yeah, and then let's let's talk about that third period though, because I think one thing that that we saw at the very late stages of that third was a was a Sharks power play that did not generate anything, and then after that they allowed their play to sag, and kind of setting themselves up for for the failure that they had. Um, you know, not not in overtime because they, you know, they didn't lose the game in overtime, but they definitely missed an opportunity in overtime, a very ripe opportunity to get a win. Um, and I think again, it start started with just the lackadaisical power play that we saw in the third, uh, in that third period. So I think the the lack of execution on the power play, um, the fumbling of the puck on the blue line. Um, really sowed the seeds of doubt in the in the power play unit um, that kind of reared its ugly head in the overtime. Yeah, and, and in overtime, Sharks would get a power play again as as Timo draws two penalties uh, for LA, setting up a couple of power plays. But uh, th- this one just, ah, oh, man, you you know, hurdle fans on a shot. Uh, they go offsides, much to the frustration of Eric Carlson, and I don't blame him on that one. You know, I know the whole the Randy Hahnism icing on the power play, which is never good. But I mean, offsides is just frustrating to see, and and then even seeing one shark getting double teamed on one end of the ice, and the other three are just standing yeah, there. It's it's like you you have you literally have the man advantage on a 4 on 3 which is a more offensively geared power play than a 
than a five on four because you have the extra ice and you have the man advantage. And to still be out muscled in the corner is just it's just mine. It's it's mind boggling. And, and it just goes to show the level of commitment or lack of commitment to to um, wanting to play in the boards and, and wanting to, to grind out physically with the with the Kings. And I think, you know, of of the of the play tonight that the Kings had the majority, um, you know, of the, of the more physical play. I think that they were more, more imposing. I think that they had more strategically placed checks and in better, um, positions. It, it bears out on the hits 36, 26, um, in favor of the sharks. But, you know, I just, I don't, I, I did not see a lot of physicality from the Sharks. I didn't see um, them trying to impose their type of game. It, they more let the game um, be dictated to them. And and again, when you're allowing the other team to set the pace of play, and when you've got a penalty kill that's more hungry than the power play, um, you're going to see, pardon my French, piss-poor power plays like that um, continually. Yeah, and it led to a number of chances. I mean, I still think NHL.com has this wrong, but they're showing that the Kings outshot the Sharks 7 nothing in overtime, and the Sharks had a 4-on-3 for two minutes. That's pretty pathetic. That can't, hap- that can't happen. No. No, that, no, if, no. If you're, if you're expecting the team to grow um, and you're expecting the team to um, at least compete with some heart or, or with – um, you know, an ounce of 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 um, credibility in their game. You you need to have shots on goal, and and this is a lineup that power play one unit, especially that has enough talent to to score goals. I mean, you've got Timo Meyer, you got Hurdle, you got Couture, and you got uh, Eric Carlson. I mean, that should be a unit that should be able to make some plays that should be able to at least put one shot on net in a, in a four on three power play. Yeah. It's just unacceptable to have that happen. So this game goes into a shootout. Uh, both goalies are standing tall early on. And then uh, Kevin LeBanc trying to save the, the game for the sharks with a beautiful move. It's, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a hybrid of, what Pavelski used to do with that little stutter stop, and and now he's he's just added some more dangles to it, and man, he beat Copley like a rented mule there. It's like you, so many jukes and jangles and dangles and things that he just opens up the five hole with no problem there. Uh, unfortunately, Reimer couldn't keep the last two out, so it goes is a shootout loss in the books for the Sharks. But uh, again, you get a point. You know, uh, and that's. Well, I mean, thing. I, I, but I mean, even even before we 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 wrap that up with with the point, uh, you know, Alexander Barabanov on his shot selection there. I, I I don't I don't know what he's doing there. I, you know, you you look in the way in which Kevin LeBanc scored his goal, and and it required a fake, and I don't understand why you don't see more communication on the Sharks benches. Um, with guys saying, hey, look, you know, this is what I did to score or this is what I'm seeing now. Of course, you know, we we can only see so much from from TV. Maybe there is some some talk there, but um, kind of an odd selection there for Barabanov to go shot and not go uh, with a deke. 
um, or, or try, uh, you know, a backhanded move um, because it looked like you, you could um, get some lateral movement out of Copley and he, he is um, a little prone to over, you know, overplaying a puck. Um, so again, kind of, kind of interesting there. Um, AJ bringing it up in the chat. Um, the fact that LA played four games on the road during a seven game stretch and San Jose only played one at home somehow couldn't match LA, you know, LA's energy for most of the night. It, it, just baffling why you, you don't have any shots on net in overtime baffling. Yeah. And, and two shots on goal in the first 15 minutes of the third, just, you know, you you get that push from LA, you hold them down to just five shots. So you'll that's that's a good thing compared to the twenty nine you've given up in the first forty minutes, and then but yeah, you have that lackluster power play. You have not trying to generate shots. You're you're stuck in your own zone for you know back and forth. Or LA is just not giving you anything. You got to come with the hunger. I mean, you're literally called the sharks. You got to get hungry. <laughs> <laughs> gotta get hungry on that. Oh, gotta get hungry. Gotta be willing to to stand in front of the net, get dirty. Gotta um, be willing to throw the body in the corners, um, and and just kind of match LA's intensity, right? I mean, that's the the whole thing was again the Sharks getting dictated, um, you know, getting the play dictated to them, yeah. and, and whenever you have a team. Um, imposing themselves physically upon another team, um, imposing their style of play on the other team. It's it's never a good night. Um, and, and again, just not enough pushback from the Sharks. Um, you know, we had a comment in there about Oscar Limblom, and, and it's like, yeah, he was <laughs> pretty much invisible tonight, you know, and it, it bears out on the time on ice. He had the least amount of time on ice for forwards, um, and, and I just I, I don't know what the what the call is playing him there. Um, he's very, been very inconsistent all year, um, not been a player that has shown me enough, uh, you know, to warrant um, to be to warrant playing over Noah Gregor. I mean, because every time I've seen Noah Gregor in the lineup, he seems to have more jump than Oscar Limbaugh. Yeah. The thing is, is that his jump, no finish. And he's he's shown flashes, which is great, and all. But at this point in his career, he needs to finish. I, this is I I think I always speak with Hockey Jerk when he when he's talked about Gregor on the Pucknologist. It's make or break for him. It's make or break for a lot of these guys because the kids are like gonna be itching to get up here, at least that. But they have to earn it to get up here. And I know there's a lot of chat going on. When's Bordelow coming? When's Eklund coming? They could be scorers. No, they're not going to come up. They don't want to put them in this mess. Hell, the Cooter are clinging on to any playoff hopes at the moment. I mean, they're they're barely above five hundred. We'll get to the Cooter in a bit, you know. And, and you know, two shots on goal, and the Sharks had none on that four on three power play. That again, like we said, unacceptable. Uh, SG Sports Talk channel uh, with the super chat donation. Appreciate that. Um, and go Niners, of course. Uh, who are your top three stars for the Sharks? Uh, Looking mighty pretty. That's all I gotta say about that. <laughs> <laughs> top three, uh, top three stars on on the Sharks. Who who do you got as your number one right now? Because I I think 
I think AJ kind of nailed it yeah. for me. Yeah, uh, AJ, you're you're on it tonight, and uh, I mean Reimer, Meyer, Carlson. Yeah, I mean Reimer's been that that solid goaltender for you at night. Um, you know, Timo Meyer has come on strong. Uh, it's nice to see Couture also getting in there and Hurdle contributing. But I mean, Eric Carlson's had a monster year, which has been nice. It's about damn time. To quote Lizzo, I, yeah, and I, I, I think I, for me, I think I would just make one small edit to to the way that um, AJ's got it lined up there. So he puts Reimer uh, as one, Meyer as two, and Carlson as three. I think I would flip Carlson and Meyer um, just this season. I'm not any other season withstanding, but the three the three stars of this season, I think it would be for me at least Reimer. Uh, Carlson and Meyer um, just because it it seems like Eric Carlson has sipped from some from some sacred chalice this offseason and rejuvenated himself somehow yeah (laughs) Uh, and from PJ 48 the Sharks are playing Lindblom to try to get him going just like LeBanc just like Benio just like Gregor just like Sveshnikov I would also throw in Nieto for that matter too Lindblom was supposed to be on this second uh, was supposed to be a second line player when he was signed um hate to zero say- shots on goal though i mean no shots on goal tonight and and a minus one and nine minutes and 40 seconds of, of ice time he, and- he had two hits but i mean again for a guy who you're who you're penciling in on your second line or wanting to not doing enough not nearly enough yeah i mean he's the only I'm just making sure. I unless there's something, unless something's wrong with him, he yeah he was the only one who didn't get into double digits, and um, ice time tonight. You know, concerning. I mean, Gajevich had ten twenty seven, and he threw threw hits around. I mean, Lawrence had had some chances with the uh, uh, what was it? A great, it was a shorthanded chance where he he had the defense go away, and he got a shot on goal. I mean, you're doing I mean, something there. Gadjevich, Gadjevich had a takeaway tonight, you know, and had two blocks and had more ice time than Oscar Lindblom, right? I mean, you know, look, you don't have to be making shots on net all the time to in order to, um, you know, pull your weight, but but you got to do something, right? Whether it's it's playing a good defensive game or or whether it's taking the puck away or or even hell just possessing the puck through the neutral zone cleanly you know i mean th- very little you're asking of him right now playing on 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 the fourth line and and yet still unable to to get anything going and and it's concerning yeah and that's and that's the the concern is is that Lindblom, lawrence um Sveshnikov, I'm all the guys that that Dreer signed, that wasted all that cap space. Because if you look at cap friendly, the Sharks right now only have a whopping twenty nine thousand three hundred ten dollars in cap space. You know their deadline cap space is is barely under nine hundred thousand. You can't even make moves right now. You're at the roster limit. With twenty-three guys, you only you have forty-nine contracts, and you are on the tip of the iceberg, which which sucks. I mean, I'm looking at it. Evgeny Svechnikov had three shots on goal tonight, and this was a guy that was placed on waivers the other night. You know, 
I don't know, man. I think you're going to have to have some kind of shot about, uh, across the bow for Oscar Limbaugh to get his head in the game because, um, again, he he is um, got to show more. Yeah. Uh, in, in order to, to play up here, because there's a kid, you know, uh, SG uh, Sports Talk is asking us about Thomas Bordalo or our thoughts on Thomas Bordalo. I mean, right now, Thomas Bordalo, probably the second best forward uh, on the CUDA. I mean, I think Agazino, I think, is having a good year. And, and um, I think for me, probably the more complete player, of course, AHL journeyman, not expecting him to come up and play any any meaningful minutes for the Sharks. But um, Thomas Bortolo could be a guy that you could, you know, flip an Oscar Limblom in the lineup as, you know, flip those two players and, and probably get more out of up here, even in a reduced role, a third or fourth line role, putting Thomas Bortolo. I think he's going to give you something more than Oscar Limblom has. Yeah. Uh, to answer the question earlier, Thomas Bortolo has 12 goals. Uh, including one tonight. We'll, again, we'll get to the CUDA in a sec. But he's tied ninth in scoring with one, two, three, four, five, six, like about six, seven players uh, in the AHL. So not only is he one of the best forwards or one of the best rookies, he's one of the, the best uh, overall. I mean, tied for top 10 in goal scoring in the AHL, which... As I look at this, I I I'm, I chuckle because <laughs> remember Elaine Peterson? <laughs> He's got 17 goals for the Abbotsford Canucks right now. Remember remember Rourke Chartier? He's got 14. <laughs> and good a good on for Rourke Chartier because he he had a rough time with with injuries. Uh, you know, right before he came up to the Sharks organization and then when he was playing with the CUDA as well. So good to see on that. Yeah. And, and I think we've talked about this before where, you know, we, we kind of bemoan the post syndrome. Um, but I also tend to think that that's a reflection upon the organization and not being able to place players in a position to do well. Yeah. And, and, and to, to comment on what Ian's saying, you know, Lane Pierce always torn up the AHL. He's just never produced it in the NHL. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Lane Peterson or Rourke Chartier would have. Um, or let's put it to you this way: I think that they are prime AHL players, and I just don't think that their games translate necessarily up here. Um, again, we've seen both up in the NHL for the Sharks. Um, and, and not really be able to um, have consistency in their game. Um, and that's kind of what separates the journeyman AHLer from, you know, the NHLer is just that consistency on a night-to-night basis. But good on them for, for again, developing their game and, um, you know, continuing to press forward. I mean, um, you know, hats off to, to the people that continue their hockey career in the AHL and, um, again, knocking on the door for, for NHL jobs. Um, but you know, kind of, kind of leaves you wondering what could have been. Yeah. Uh, couple, all I need to say is Yanni Gord. (laughs) Oh man. Don't, don't, oh man. Come on. Come on. Come on. Too soon? <laughs> Too soon. Uh, a couple comments from the locker room with David Quinn. Uh, I thought there, 
I thought there stretches we looked good and others where we weren't competitive. We were inconsistent tonight with what we try to do. We might be fortunate to get out of here with a point. I I mean I appreciate the real talk from David Quinn and he and he's spot on. I mean that's that's kind of what we got going on here. Uh, James Reimer, we're not focused on the past or the future. You'd like to get two points, and it sucks right now. Big game tomorrow. We have to find a way to get points. Yeah, Reimer played this one tonight. It's expected for Capo Kakinen to get the start uh, for the first game of the two-game series against Calgary uh, on Sunday night. Look, I mean, you, you talk about a player that has had some ups and downs this season. Capo Kakinen, I think it, you know, epitomizes the lack of consistency. So, you know, for me, it's going to be a um, one of those times where he can make a statement, make a statement in a positive way or a negative way with his play. Um, and and I hope, you know, I hope that he does well tomorrow. I I, I really do. I, I think that there is a, a, a goaltender there who could be a starter um, just from the physical uh, and from the pedigree perspective, but it's got to show us some consistency, right? Because I think it's very concerning with just game to game, what you're going to get out of him. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, that puts a bow on the sharks. Let's uh, quickly recap what happened with the Barracuda over the weekend. Barracuda. The Barracuda were in Loveland, Colorado, taking on the Avalanche top affiliate, the Colorado Eagles. Uh, lose both of them 4-3 on Friday, and then uh, on Saturday night, lose to the Eagles 5-2 in this one. Uh, Thomas Bordalo, who we've talked about a bunch so far in this evening, gets his 12th of the season. Brandon Coe gets his third. Uh, Eklund gets an assist. Maki Niemi, you know, made 23 or 27 saves. But uh, to me, I think, you know, it's it's a matter of time before this. I, I think we kind of teased the Pakuda to be better than than they thought I think everybody would think they would have been because I think, I think we, we saw all the, the, the players that are going to be down there and granted, I think more than anything, it's their defense. It's just, they need defensive help badly. It doesn't help that Harrington's up here. It doesn't help that he, you have a, a number of, of defensemen up with the sharks because you don't have Nidavara. We haven't even heard about Nidavara. You know, where is Nedavar uh, with that? You know, you have Ferraro out. Um, Shimmick was out for a while. So it's been a struggle for the sh- for the Cuda to have um, some defensive ways that got them off to that good 4-0 start, Landy. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, on, on the Cuda, um, back on the Cuda track, the, the one good thing, though, I, I will say, you know, they're they have been middling. You know, I think they have a 500 record right now. Yeah. Um, but the players that you want to see do well, I think, are doing well. Right. I think, um, you know, Thomas Bordalo is is up there with with rookie scoring. William Eklund, um, same point total, different, a little little bit different spread on on the goals to assist 
But again, keeping keeping pace with Thomas Bordalo, um, Tristan Robbins, uh, another player who has started to kind of bubble to the top. Uh, Danielle Gushkin, another another guy that we um, have had our eye on and, and think could be an interesting perspective, uh, interesting prospect. Uh, Ryan Merkley, you know, now starting the points starting to, to kind of come. Um, he's a minus one. So pretty good, you know, it- with. 25 games and he took a puck to the head uh a friday night uh, against the eagles uh he did come back in that game but you know that that's definitely not going to feel good yeah yeah you just hope that he doesn't have a concussion yeah um that's that's all that i really um you know really hope that he he takes care of his head because you know again he's he's had some issues with that before um and and concussions are never fun to deal with i mean we all remember Rourke Charchi and how he's had to battle through that. Yeah, and, and Ian mentioning, you know, he almost didn't tell the team about his concussion because, you know, you want to you want to play and, and everything. Um, yeah, you got to be careful with that. Uh, but, yeah, and, and like Ian's been saying in, in the in the chat, you know, they have a half a blue line. Literally three guys are on PTOs. One of them, I, I know uh, one of my good buddies up in Boise, they're, they're proud of him, and I can't think of the, the – guy's name who's originally with the steelheads who's on a pto with the the sharks for the second time around uh but yeah you know you have hataka who took that big hit against tucson pouliot we don't know there's no eta on the return you know uh chichek up harrington up yeah you're you you have two-thirds of your blue line not available you know and so at 13 13 0 and 1 I mean, you're at 500. You're hanging in there in in the 10 team Pacific Division. <laughs> it's just crazy. Yeah. Um. So, remains to be seen what will happen. But the they do lose both games in Colorado. They uh, I believe they head up Tuesday. Uh, take on you know the Abbotsford Canucks, uh, who who are not too far off with them at 30 points with 25 games in. And so that'll be a good test there uh, for for uh, for San Jose. So, oh, and Ian bringing up a good point. Uh, Kanizia uh, might be close-ish. You know, I think the lot from last what we had heard, he had started taking uh, practice on the ice. I don't know if he has started practicing, um, you know, with uh, contact yet. But uh, good to see, you know, and and. Maybe this is a guy that you keep uh, on that Barracuda blue line to to try and ease him in, back into a um, you know into a top four role for the Sharks because um, you know we had all seen how Simic came back from from his uh, knee injury and, and the the first year back was very difficult for him adjusting um, to speed. So again, if they can take their time with Kanizev and and give him. Um, you know the ability to play down with the CUDA for a little bit. I think that that would be beneficial for both the player and for the CUDA. Yeah. So that that kind of breaks down the CUDA info on there. Uh, we'll have more uh, on the CUDA tomorrow night, or excuse me, Sunday night on the Technologist. Uh, just a programming note there because of the Sharks game at seven thirty, Sharks and Flames. Technologist will uh, begin live immediately following sharks and flames so roughly be a late night 10, for the boys. <laughs> 10 o'clock i have a feeling that the uh if they go two hours that's going to be a long night so 
uh, stick and stay with us. If you haven't already, of course, hit that subscribe button down below. It also helps to you if you hit that notification bell. So that way, you know when, when the guys go live on Sunday night. So uh, with that, in case you missed anything or do you want to watch this again, check us out on tealtownusa.com or your favorite podcatcher, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Odyssey. Odyssey. Uh, it's also available on YouTube, so make sure you smash that like, subscribe, and bell buttons. Um, and if you are watching us on the replay, hey, leave a comment down below. Tell, tell us, what did you like from James Reimer tonight? What do you think... Should Barabanov have deked in the shootout? I mean, um, how mad are you that Bordelow's not up? <laughs> Going onward. So leave your comments down below. And, we'll, and I know Ian loves getting on the comments. So uh, we'll uh, definitely uh, check it out there. So Landy, as always, great to chat with you, my friend. Uh, your final thoughts and where the people can find you. Uh, final thoughts. We had a really interesting question at the very beginning of the show, a philosophical one on uh, shootouts and, and whether or not they belong in the game. I, I think that they do. Um, I think it's a fun spectacle and, uh, and a nice way to have a finite finish to the game. I know that our brethren to the north of us uh, still respect the tie, but nobody likes seeing a tie. <laughs> so that's my final thoughts there um, as far as where you can find me you can use my first name that's E-R-I-K last name L-A-N-D-I across the social media garbages <laughs> it's and, not that uh, more true now it is <laughs> yeah well, I'll just leave it at that yeah um, <laughs> uh, Michael Molasses thank you for that question there uh, as I'm looking up at some of the other comments, Jesse Littlefield. I'll take the moments where I can get him. That LeBanc move in the shootout was just, oh, and check that to my veins. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. Uh, Hot Wheels 84. The Sharks remain determined to look out numbered while on the on the power play somehow. Yeah, that's that's the tough one, you know. And, uh, you know, it's, it's never easy. But you know what? Uh, it's always fun to do this with people uh, that we love. Uh, and appreciate so uh, oh you love me <laughs> um, don't expect flowers landy come on now uh, uh, but, but but christmas cards come on now <laughs> bring that holiday cheer in all right all right i'll get on those christmas cards <laughs> crap do i have any left over i don't know okay. <laughs> anyhow i i'm at puck guy 14 on the twitter and instagram uh just a reminder again sharks flames sunday night 7 30 uh, immediately following the game, the Pucknologists will air roughly around 10 o'clock. So be on the lookout for that. So again, hit that notification bell after you hit your subscribe button. So that way you know when AJ and Jerk will be on to break down the week that was in Sharks hockey. Ian, you coming on that night? I don't know. If he is or not, cool. If not, we all need some sleep. So I could totally get it for Ian. Uh, so with that, thanks for watching. Again, Pucknologists following the Sharks and Flames on Sunday night. And until then, thanks for watching. Keep it real. Keep it teal. Keep it real teal. Have a great night, everyone. We will see you following Sharks and Flames for the Pucknologists takeover on Sunday night. Have a good night, everyone. <laughs>